Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Ask a Catholic Dude. Name is Nick, and I am that Catholic dude. Thanks for tuning in here on Anchor FM or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're tuning in on. Uh, but this originates from Anchor FM. Uh, so if you do not have the app, uh, please go ahead and download that on the App Store. That's Anchor FM. Uh, so yeah, feel free to call in on uh, anything having to do with the Catholic faith, uh, taking questions on anything having to do with church tradition. Uh, saints the bible whatever have you uh so feel free to call in um today is actually the uh the feast of the assumption of mary uh holy day of obligation uh for catholics uh worldwide as well as a um you know a very big feast in uh the orthodox churches as well um so I'll be going to Mass here in another, uh, another couple hours uh for the evening Mass uh, a great uh a great celebration of uh what will happen to us one day um that is you know one day we will receive our bodies um in the resurrection of the dead um at the end of the world and uh mary is the uh being the perfect example of humanity uh it, it was fitting that uh, our lord would assume her uh, body and soul into heaven um so that's what we celebrate today but I want to go to the phones. We do have a, uh, a caller here asking uh, a couple of questions. So I'm going to let her speak for herself, and then uh, we'll come right back with an answer. Hello, my name is Carrie, and I actually have two questions. One, how do I become a Catholic? What is the conversion like? And two, what do you guys believe when our pets go to the Rainbow Bridge or even though that they don't have souls, where do you think they go to? Thank you. Hey, Carrie, thank you for your two questions. Um, great questions, actually. And um, I will answer uh, both of them, and I'll do the, uh, the first one first, which was, how can I become Catholic? Uh, what what is the what's what what entails the, uh, the conversion then? What what does it entail to become a Catholic Christian? Um, so there there's a couple different routes uh, you could go depending on um, your prior history uh, with our Lord Jesus. Um, the it's it there's like like the easiest way to describe it is this: you you would first uh, you would first contact the closest Catholic parish, Catholic church near you um talk to the pastor there that or the the priest that's there um and you'll you know you'll discuss just a little bit about what you're wanting to do you know that you want to come into the into the church and um typically from there you'll start your uh your education classes your catechesis as it's called and then after this you'll complete your catechesis and be welcomed into the church that is the cliff notes version of course um Starting from the top, though, so this is the, now. Let's get a little bit into the more the the details. Um, so first, what you should do is, you know, if you are interested in in joining the Catholic Church um, and converting to the uh, to the Catholic faith, um, look in your area to see where uh, Catholic parishes are at. Um, an easy way to do this would be to search. Uh, this website is great, and they also have an app too. Uh, comes in handy when you're traveling. Um, go to masstimes.org. That's m a s s t i m e s.org. 
mastimes.org and you'll be able to put in your zip code and it'll show a whole bunch of churches in you know a 25 or 50 mile radius um usually there's one pretty close to where you're living um so i would start there start with the one that's closest to your home um because that's your territorial parish that's uh that pastor has uh a duty to educate you in the faith and to bring the sacraments to you um but you can start at any church you know if you if, if maybe you have a history at another church you know start there um and, and talk to the pastor there um so now it now after that first step though you're going to kind of branch off into two uh, two different scenarios here. So it depends if there, there's two different scenarios. One is if you are already a baptized Christian. So you know either you're Orthodox or Lutheran or Evangelical or Fundamentalist or Methodist or some other kind of non-denominational Christian. Um, because if you were baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, then you are a Christian. You've you've received that sacrament of baptism, um, and so you're already uh, a part, imperfectly uh, a part of Jesus's church. Um, so. The next step would be if this is the case, and this does not include. Um, I just want to be clear: it doesn't include certain uh, sects or certain other religions, such as uh, Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, because uh, those two uh, communities do not believe that Jesus Christ is God. They do not believe that Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. But virtually every other you know Christian sect out there, you know, Methodist, Lutheran, whatever have you. Evangelical, those are all, uh, they all believe that Jesus is God and their baptisms are valid. So you're validly baptized. So if you are among that group, um, you're going to go through a uh, kind of condensed, um, a condensed catechumenate, so to speak. You won't exactly be a catechumen. What is a catechumen, though? This is the term that early Christians, and we're talking like from the apostolic age, you know, from around the time of St. Peter and Paul, um, this is a term the early Christians used to refer to those preparing to be baptized and become Christians. So since you've already been baptized, if, if this is the case, um, you don't you don't go through the catechumenate per se. Um, you, you'll probably go through the Rite of Christian Initiation for Adults, that's the RCIA. Um, sometimes it's called the Order of Christian Initiation for Adults. Um, so you'll go through that. And typically, and so if you're if you're uh, you know a Christian, a non-Catholic Christian, you'll pretty much talk with the pastor, see where you're at on your spiritual journey, and he'll you know he'll tell you to start attending mass more. Um, you will, and you will really begin to discern if you are ready for this big and important step. And we'll get a little bit more into that in the next segment here. So here's what the uh, church, the Catholic Church itself, prescribes, and this is from the uh, the, the bishops here in the United States in their uh, national statutes for the catechumenate. The bishops state that those baptized persons who have lived as Christians and need only instruction in the Catholic tradition and a degree of probation within the Catholic community should not be asked to undergo a full pro a full program parallel to the catechumenate. Um, so pretty much. You'll it'll be where you're at right now, um, 
as far as your uh, relationship with Jesus. Um, so some Protestants, uh, you know, don't know fully all the Catholic traditions, um, but then you have, you know, Lutherans, and then you even have Orthodox, which are uh, Christians, which are very, uh, very close to uh, uh, Catholics um, in what has been revealed uh, by Christ. So what will happen then is, depending on where you're at, um, you'll be able to come into the church on basically, you know, any Sunday when when you and your pastor, especially your pastor, feel that you are ready um, after you've had uh, some more catechesis in what is going on uh, with the Catholic faith. So what will happen is, since you've been baptized already, if you're, if you, you know, if you have been baptized already, um, you'll receive your uh, confirmation, uh, the sacrament of confirmation, also known as, known as chrismation, uh, where the Holy Spirit will enable you uh, well, the graces will, will flow f from the Holy Spirit so that you'll be able to proclaim uh, Christ's message to all uh, more fruitfully. And then um, you'll receive the sacrament of reconciliation or confession, also known as penance, uh, where, where you will confess uh, your sins to the priest. Um, and therefore, you'll then be able to receive our Lord in the Holy Eucharist. Um, and this this will all happen, you know. The the, the sacraments of confirmation in the in your first holy Eucharist, your first holy communion, will probably take place the same day in your uh, your your first confession, uh, a little bit beforehand. Um, now it it'll be a little bit different though, and a little more involved if you have not been baptized a Christian. So for the unbaptized, for those who, you know, maybe have been. Uh, you know, have been surrounded maybe a little bit by Christianity, but were never baptized as a child or later in life, and now they're thinking about it. This is the stage um, that I was talking about earlier: the order of the catechumenate. You'll be called a catechumen again, what early Christians would refer to those preparing to be baptized. So, what'll happen then is there'll be probably after you talk to the pastor, you will definitely enroll in our CIA classes, classes uh, right? the right of Christian initiation for adults. And, and you don't have to be like 18. I mean, if you're younger than 18, then yeah, you can definitely do it, of course. Um, so what will happen is you'll start taking classes, and this will be called, uh, it, it's it's a it's kind of a comprehensive catechesis on all the truths of uh, you know Catholic doctrine and moral life, you know, how to live um, in union with God. Um, that, that'll be the first stage. And you'll be reflecting more on you know that desire to become Catholic. Um, compare that to you know at this discernment stage. Um, compare that to what Saint Luke says in his Gospel, um, specifically uh, chapter fourteen, verses twenty-seven through thirty-three. Let's let's take a look at that really quick. In this Gospel selection, Jesus says, uh, "Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it." Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build, and was not able to finish. So therefore, whoever of you does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. So this is the time where we really decide, okay, do I want to embrace everything that Jesus teaches? Do I want to live this radical lifestyle? 
And then this brings us to the second stage of the catechumenate, which is known as the right of election. Um, and that's when your name is then written in the book of those who will, who will receive the sacraments of initiation, baptism, confirmation, and first Holy Communion. Um, and there again, the catechumen expresses a desire to become a Christian. Um, and then this right of election usually takes place on the first Sunday of Lent. That's the 40-day period uh, preparing before Easter. Um, and then after that, you'll go through the scrutinies where, you know, there'll be a lot more uh reflection and soul searching and they will then be presented with the apostles creed and the lord's prayer that is the our father which the catechumen will recite on the night that they are initiated into the catholic church and of course if i fail to mention while all this is going on you'll be in your rcia class you'll be with uh many others um who are planning on entering the church and you know you'll be able to talk with your teacher your catechist and uh along with the other people in your class. Um, so it's 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 a really great time for fellowship as well um, because you have a lot of people in the same boat as you uh, who are trying to do Christ's will, trying to do God's will, which is that all men uh, be saved through his church, and you'll take that journey together. Um, okay, so you've done the first stage, the second stage, you've done the scrutinies now. Um, so what's next? Uh, when does the initiation actually happen? Um, that's at the Easter Vigil. That's the evening before Easter Day, and it's 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 the biggest, biggest celebration of the year in the entire church um, because, one, we're, we're celebrating Easter Uh that day, you know, we celebrate Easter on the vigil as well. Um, and during that time, uh, after you know the liturgy of the word, after the the the, the gospels proclaimed, uh, all the catechumens are baptized. They are given the sacrament of confirmation, and then finally they will receive uh, the Holy Eucharist for their first communion. Um, and so at that point, all three sacraments of initiation have been completed, um, and the catechumens are now full members of the church, um, received in the full communion of the church. Now, what happens after this is there's still a little stage of uh, preparation it's known as the mystagogy, uh, which is when new Christians are strengthened even further in the faith by, uh, by instruction. Uh, the catechesis continues, and they become more deeply connected to that local Catholic community. And that period of mystagogy uh, typically lasts through the Easter season. And the Easter season uh, is the, our, the Easter season in the Catholic Church, in well, in all of Christianity, I should say, um, is the 50 days between Easter and Pentecost, uh, which is when uh, the Holy Spirit had descended upon the apostles. Um, so that is your, in a nutshell, what's going to be happening um, if you decide to go down that road uh, to joining uh, the Catholic Church. So um, whether you are going to go through the shorter stage, since you have already been baptized as a Christian, or you'll be going through um, a, a little bit of a longer stage, but very fruitful uh, learning experience as a catechumen who is unbaptized, unbaptized, um, you're going to find yourself on a wonderful journey um, and becoming closer with Christ and his ride, the church. Um, so I encourage you to call your pastor, um, the nearest Catholic church uh, by you and inquire about uh, being received into the Catholic church. Uh, again, check out masstimes.org to find the closest Catholic parish near you. Um, and now we'll go on to the second question. Oh, you know, man. Oh, you know, man. Oh, you know, man. 
So the second question was that Carrie had asked was, uh, what do Catholics think of the Rainbow Bridge? Um, or better yet, where do Catholics think that uh, what happens to pets after they die, uh, seeing as they don't have souls? Um, I'm going to say something that might sound kind of surprising, um, but stay with me here. Um, animals actually do have souls, just not in the sense that we would typically think of. Um, so we have to realize that uh, our souls, human souls, we're, we're rational. We are rational beings. Um, and because we, our souls are rational, uh, they're spiritual, they're metaphysical, uh, they have an uh, immaterial uh, aspect about them. Uh, animals and plants, though, um, they 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 have material souls. Animals are only um, they they don't have anything that reaches beyond matter. Um, their their souls are completely uh, conceived of matter. Um, think of it this way: like you know, if, if your dog is is being bad, and you're like, oh Scooby Doo, you know what what what? Why did you pee on the floor? You know, like bad dog, bad dog, and you know, you know the dog might you know feel fear maybe because you know the the master is yelling at him or the owner is uh you know the owner is angry so the dog feels anxious but can the dog feel guilt no because a dog cannot know right from wrong per se a dog or another pet uh doesn't have you know a morality a dog can't sin you know what i mean uh humans can because we have an intellect um and then because we have that intellect uh that that is what it means to be made in the image of god animals are not made in the image of god um nor did they need a savior to come save them um as jesus christ did um so with that little bit out of the way um, you know the difference between you know material soul of an animal of a rational soul um, such as ourselves as human beings uh, that leads to the next question on the rainbow bridge um, the rainbow bridge um, for anybody that might be unfamiliar with that term is supposedly a place where um, it's a supposedly a place on the other side of heaven where animals go after they die waiting for their human uh, partners to uh, come be with them again um, it's loosely, very, very loosely, uh, based off of the Bivost Bridge in Norse mythology. Uh, this was supposed to kind of bridge, uh, Midgard, Earth, and Asgard, the realm of the gods. Um, and so, if we look into where Rainbow Bridge actually comes from, um, it, it, it only originated in the past 20, 30 years, um, it's a theme in, in, in uh, several books of poetry uh, written around the 1980s and 1990s. Um, its authorship has, uh, it, it's it's kind of murky where it came from. Some people think it came from uh, Paul C. Dom, who was a grief counselor in Oregon. Um, William N. Britton, uh, he was an author of uh, The Legend of the Rainbow Bridge. Um, and it also may have originated with uh, 
uh, a man named Wallace Seif, uh, who was uh, the head of the Association for Pet Loss and Bereavement. Um, so these poems, you know, started circulating and whatnot. And with the advent of the internet in the early 90s, um, the Rainbow Bridge story from these poems kind of caught on. Um, so it, it was made more as a way to comfort those that had lost pets. And one doctor, one veterinarian in, uh, specifically, um, asked that sympathy cards be made um, going off of the, the poems that were written about the Rainbow Bridge. And that's where we see it in uh, modern day society today. So the Rainbow Bridge really has no uh, place in any kind of uh, Christian theology, unfortunately, but that doesn't, that doesn't presuppose that there are no animals in heaven. Are our pets there? No, seeing as their souls are not rational. Jesus didn't come to save them. Jesus came to save us as humans. But God may be able to comfort us in many other ways in heaven through different kinds of animals or joys that we might not even be able to comprehend here on this earth. So I hope I was able to answer your questions. Please call back again uh, for any clarifications or any other questions. Uh, I really appreciate it, Carrie. Thanks all for tuning in today on Ask a Catholic Dude. We'll talk to you again soon.